Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. This is part two of my teaching entitled, Have You Got the Confidence to Ask of Him? My text is taken from 1 John 5, verse 7 to 15, and my read is from verse 13 to 15, and I read, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. So I just want to point out again, children of God, that Apostle John's epistle was addressed to children of God who believe in the name of the Son of God, who knows that they have eternal life. So belief was crucial at the time, like I shared in my teaching last week. Apostle John's epistle was, a, was written to the church because of false teachings, false teachings that were trying to destroy the fellowship at the time of his reign. Referring to verse 12 in his epistle, he says, whoever has the son of, uh, has life, whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Now, Acts 10 verses 38 states how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around, this is Jesus, doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. That is where my teaching comes in. The reason Father God, I believe, sent me back with this teaching is the lack of confidence, the lack of faith that he sees out there in Christendom. So many reports are received of self-harm, as I was stating last week. Depression, confusions, frustrations, low mood, anxiety, panic attacks, oppression, low self-esteem, family problems, marriage problems, children problems, finance problems, business problems, sickness, sibling fightings, rivalries in the family, covetousness, jealousy, bad mind, greed. They are all activities of darkness, all demonic oppressions. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Sandra, isn't it justified that People are feeling this way. Look at what's happening at the moment in um, Kiev. It is right for people to feel this way, being caught the way they have been caught in this war. But whose report will you believe? Who is the creator of heaven and earth? He said in his word, he said, before one of my word pass away, heaven and earth will pass away. And that's where we come in with our faith. We're standing on the word of God. He said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, 
who went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And so we're just, we're praying for Kiev. We're praying for all that is caught up in the war, including the genuine Russians also who do not agree with it. So Jesus is the answer to our problems, children of God. That's why he sent me. Jesus is the answer to the list above. Jesus will take this sting out of your pain. Jesus will make you whole and grant you grace for your disgrace. Jesus will heal your bodies and minds. Jesus will give you faith to run the, your race. Stay in your lane so you don't run out of pace. Jesus will give you living water so you will never thirst and falter again. Jesus, verse 11, and this is the testimony God has given to us eternal life. And this eternal life is in his son. So last week I shared the story of the faith with the three Hebrew, Hebrew boys. Nothing could be hotter than that. How but their faith was tested when they refused to bow to the king's music. This is King Nebuchadnezzar speaking in verse 15. Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into blazing furnace. And God is aware that children of God are thrown immediately into blazing furnace. But there's a fourth one there, and that's where I'm coming in now. He's, the king said, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? And the same God that rescued the three Hebrew boys is the same God that I'm calling upon to rescue all those who are thrown in the fiery furnace of war. Children of God, what do you think they did, the three Hebrew boys? What do you think they did? Do you think they cried bucket of tears? Do you think they went into fasting and prayers? They didn't have time to do that. Do you think they held night vigils or conduct warfare prayers? They had a deep, what they had was a deep relationship with God. It was not at the minute relationship. It was not a relationship for a couple of weeks. No, it was deeper than that and longer than that. They had that deep relationship with Papa God. Their faith surpasses human understanding. And sometimes we have to stand up to our Goliaths and tell our Goliaths what it is. Sometimes we have to stand up to our Goliaths and tell him as it is. Sometimes we have to stand up to our giants 
and keep it real. Sometimes we have to grab the, our bulls by its horns and tell him, you run things. Yes, not the other way around. You run things because the Bible said, greater is he that is in you than against you. So the boys told King Nebuchadnezzar, even if God did not save or deliver us, O King, O Majesty, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They told the king, even if God did not save or deliver us, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Wow, that is big talk. That is a big talk. And you can only talk big when you have a deep relationship with God. When you have a, your faith is deep in God. Children of God, the three Hebrew, Hebrew boys, um, Serbs, couldn't be a dead God. Yes, it couldn't be a dead God that they serve and talking like that. Amen. They said, even if our God didn't come and deliver us, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you, you set up. They still would not bow. The king said, let us see whether the God you serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver, and he will deliver us from your majestic, majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want to let you know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And that reply infuriates the king. So the king ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. He commanded some of his strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the blazing, fiery furnace. Children of God, can you see that is what is happening today in that war? Can't you see? It's a demonic oppression. It's, 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 it's higher than physicality. Children of God, can you see what I'm seeing? The three Hebrew boys', Hebrew boys faith was so robust and full-bodied in the God that they serve. Their confidence was strong in God, so they were not moved. They were not phased or perturbed by what the king does or what the king had to say. What fascinates me is that they did not stop the king. They did not stop the king. It didn't matter to them what the king said or what he ordered. He ordered the oven to be seven times hotter. They didn't stop it. They didn't say a word. He ordered, so he ordered the oven to be seven times hotter than usual. He took it to the next level to command some of the strongest soldier, soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them in the blazing furnace. So the Bible let us know Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were wearing their, their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes. And, and he used it and, and, to, to, and he bound them. He said, the, 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 the Bible let us know Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes were bound and thrown in the blazing furnace. 
The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Children of God, I don't care what your fiery furnace looks like. I don't care what label the enemy wants to stick on you. I don't care what he wants to use to, to bind you up. I am sent to carry out an examination check of faith on you. Do you have a faith? Do you believe in God? Do you think Jesus can deliver you from your fiery furnace? Do you think Jesus can deliver the people in Kiev? Do you think he can come into your flames, into their flames with you? Do you think he can come in the hot oven with you? And if you have any doubt about Jesus, go and ask the three Hebrews boys for the answer. Go and ask them. The Bible said the king turns up the heat on them, bound and tied them up in their clothes. Verse 21, though, so these men, they were wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Watch this. Verse 22, the king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then the king, Nebuchadnezzar, leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw in the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking in fire unbound unharmed and the fort looks like a son of the gods some children of god might be thinking oh this can't be real it's just a bible story it's just it's fairy tale children of god the holy spirit has sent me to tell you it is real it is real and that is why he has sent me to test your belief system that is why Apostle John was writing to the church. It was to test their belief system. It is real. I have come to tell you that it is real. Jesus will take his place in your fiery furnace if you give him a chance. He will grant eternal life to you if you give him a chance. He, the king said, look, I see four men walking around in the fiery in fire, unbound, unarmed, and the fort looks like the Son of God. So the Son of God even took up his place in the fiery furnace, even before the guys were even thrown there. He was there. He was there. This is eternal life right here, children of God. He said, John, he said, I have come for God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him. Shall not perish. But have everlasting life. This is what the teaching is all about. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. Do you believe that? That whoever believes in him. 
shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So this is what Apostle John was writing, boosting the confidence. He said this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He didn't, he, he, he didn't, he didn't create us to throw us in fire like that. And he said in verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. The word confidence is the Greek word para, parousia, parousia. Parousia means outspokenness in all manner and means, for example, frankness, bluntness, publicity, and the ability to implement, implementation. This was what the three Hebrew boys had. They had frankness, they had parousia. They were outspoken, they were frank, they were blunt, they, they had publicity, and they had implementation. They did not mince their words about the God they trust and serve. They did not compromise their faith. They knew they could trust their God to deliver them. And even if he didn't turn up, even if he didn't deliver them, they said that they would still wouldn't bow, still wouldn't bow me, or we would not lose faith in him. The King Nebuchadnezzar Chad Nezah said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel to rescue his servant. You only want to believe, children of God, and send the word to rescue your servants, the servants of God, wherever they are, wherever, whatever they are faced with, wherever they are. Send the servant, send the angel of the Lord, the same one that turned up in the fiery furnace to rescue Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Send that, speak it, send it, pray it. Pray for all those who are caught up by war. Pray, pray, pray for all those who are caught up by war. And pray for us as well. Pray for the prime ministers that they will make sound decision, wise decision. This is eternal life, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. And we know that the word of God said it is God's will for us. To have eternal life. And so, child of God, as Papa God took up his place in the fiery furnace of the three Hebrew boys, he will take up his place in your hot oven and mine. He will take his place up into everything hot that challenges you your, in your business or your home, your career, your marriage, your job, your studies, your ministries your life, in your moments of darkness, 
He will come to your rescue. He will take up your, his place when you're depressed or confused or frustrated or have a low mood or anxiety, panic attacks, oppression, low self-esteem, marriage problems, children problems, finance problems, sibling problems. He will take his place up into everything hot that challenges you. Thank you, Papa God. Thank you, Papa God. And as we close, the Bible said um, in John 10 that you have come so that we will have life and we will have life more abundantly. This is your will. This is your will. And you said if we ask anything according to your will, you, you, he hears us. So we invite the fourth one to come in our business, come in our home. Every listener that listened to this podcast, to come in your home, come in your business, come in your family, your problems. Come in your issues, your matter. Amen. The Bible says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were not scorched. They were not scorched. The fire, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. This is the will of God for us children of God, that there we will not be scorched. And so, Papa God, we thank you for all those who are listening. And we ask you, Father God, as you sent this message, that they will utilize this message. They will use it as a point of contact and apply it to their situation. We pray, Papa God, for the war. We command it to be ceased now in the name of Jesus. And we command the angel of the Lord in the mighty name of Jesus that defended Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the angel of God, to take up your rightful place in the lives, the lives of all those who are disturbed and uprooted, Father God, by this war. In the name of Jesus. You said, the word said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Father God, even if there is no faith, I stand. I, Sandra, Elizabeth, Williams, Chana, stand by faith, believing for your children. There's families, the children who are up, up, uprooted, going all over the place because of the war. I stand in faith with them. I stand in faith with, for that family, for that man, for that woman, Father God, for that, for that, wherever they are, be it in Russia, be it in, um, in Kiev, wherever they are, Father God, I stand in faith with them that you will deliver them from every fiery furnace, that you will turn up as the fourth, as you did in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and deliver them. In Jesus' name. And I pray, Father God, let all those who listen to this podcast, let it be a point of contact to cause a change for them to trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. God bless you. And um, as I have always stressed, 
um, every week to pass this message on, this podcast on to your friends, families, so that they can hear the living word of God and find refuge for their souls in Jesus' name. God bless you. See you again next week. Pastor Sandra tells it like it is. Philippians 4 verses 18 to 19. And I'm reading from the New International Version. And I read, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. My teaching is entitled, God will supply all your needs and my God will meet all your needs as it states in some other version. And if you believe that, let me hear you say amen. And I can hear you say amen. This response was made by Apostle Paul when Epaphroditus handed him the gifts that the Philippian church sent to him. It is reported that Apostle Paul had deep affections for the, Philipp the church at Philippi. The Philippian church was his favorite of the churches. And the reason for this is that they took good care of him. They made sure he lacked nothing in prison or in general. Jesus rewarded the righteous for their good deeds in service to the ministry. And, and, Jesus, and, he, and he tells them in Matthew 25, 35 to 36, he said, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. The church in Philippi did all these good deeds to Apostle Paul throughout his ministry and while he was in prison. And Paul was not ungrateful. It was in prison that Apostle Paul writes his letter of thanks and gratitude to his favorite that we call the book of Philippians. And I like the closing salutation Apostle Paul made to them at verse 18. He said, I have received full payment, he said, and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. He said, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Now, the Bible did not record what kind of gifts the Philippians church sent to 
the apostle, but we can guess the gifts were probably stationary, notepaper, because we know he likes to read and write, notepads, pens, books, foodstuffs, clothes, jackets, underwear, hats, sleeping mats, sock, shoes, etc. He said, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. And I like that. Uh, that's a man of God that sounds very happy. In other words, I'm in need of nothing now. I am fully covered here in prison. Apostle Paul calls the gifts he received from the church in Philippi a fragrant offering. So children of God, when you give as per the above, and also in Matthew 25, 35 to 36, where Jesus rewarded the righteous when they give to him, he tells them, for I was hungry and you, you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me and I was in prison and you came to see me. This giving is also labeled a fragrant offering. And what an interesting description to attach to someone's giving. I like the word fragrant. Uh, the word fragrant means perfumed. It means aromatic. It means sweet smelling and it means scented. It means your giving and my giving has an odor. When we give to God, when we give to anyone, our neighbors and our friends and the description that I've just read out, it, it carries an odor and it travels. It has feet and it, and it has hands and it travels and it will never be forget, forgotten. John chapter 12. Um, says, um, 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 six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Jesus said in Matthew 12 verse 6, you will be remembered for this. Truly I tell you, wherever the, the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done, what Mary did, she was told what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And we're still talking about it today. So I'm saying this to say, I've given you the scripture to say where Apostle Paul tells the church in Philippi, the gift you sent, they are fragrant. They are an offering and an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. So children of God have gone around the house 
have gone into the corners and used a long way to announce the children of God, you will reap the blessings laid down in verse 19. When you give, as the Philippian church gives, sometimes we repeat, Oh, God will supply all my needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Yes, that is true. But you have to meet the conditions in order for that blessings, that bountiful blessing he got will supply all your needs. But to receive the bountiful blessings, um, the blessings that Apostle Paul pronounced on the Philippian church, and also the other list that I read to you, um, you will read the blessings laid down in verse 19 when you give as the Philippian church gives. Yes, it has to be that framework. The Philippians church were not only givers in domestic commodities to the apostle, but they prayed around the clock for the apostle Paul. They interceded for him while he was in prison. They never stopped praying for him because he was placed in prison for things that he did not do. He was placed in prison by, his, by the, the locals, you know. They never, but the church in Philippi, they never stopped praying for him. They were also obedient and abided by the teachings that he sent to them. He calls their service to him a fragrant offering and an, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And he sends a prophetic blessing to them in verse 19. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. There was another lady that gives to the man of God in, in the same manner. Look what happened to her. And I'm going to close after that. She was the Shunammites woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 8. One day Elisha went to Shunim and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp. Wow. For him. Then he stay there whenever he comes to us. One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can we done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can he done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway 
about this time next year. Elijah said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant, praise God. And the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. The child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told the servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. Is not the new moon or the Sabbath? That's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, lead on, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, look, there, there is the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gahatsi came over to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is in bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord, she said. Didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Elijah said to Gahatsi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my stuff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my stuff on the boy's face. But the, ch the child's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the stuff on the boy's face. But there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elijah and told him the boy has not awakened. When Elijah reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, as he stretched himself out on him. The boy's body grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and, in the, back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite woman. And he did. When she came, he said, Take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. I, I know this is a long literary children of God, but I read this, I include this to show you how God supplied all our needs when we assist, when we help, when we give to his service, when we give to the man 
or the woman of God. And God supplied the Shunammites woman's need through the man of God, Elijah. And the man of God vowed that he wasn't going to leave her empty-handed. He called the Shunammite woman, Elijah said, and when he did, the Bible let us know, when she came, the man of God said, she came in, fell at his feet, and bowed down to the ground. Then she took her son and went. And God will do the same for you. It might not be a son. It might be your career. It might be your children. It might be a business. It might be a, a very difficult issue that you have. God will never, ever leave you empty-handed. And I'm going to pray, Father, thank you for this teaching. Thank you for showing the blessings that awaits us when we bless the servants of God. And when we help those who are in need, you said I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. You call this act of giving a fragrant and acceptable sacrifice. Papa God, I pray that as your children listen to this, this, this podcast, this little word that you have given me, this teaching that we will put in practice what we've heard, that we will give to the body of Christ. We will give to the man of God, to the woman of God. We will give as the description that you have laid out. We will give to the hungry. We will give to the poor. We will give them a drink. We will visit them in, in prison. We will give to the stranger. We will give, we will clothe the naked. We will, we, we will visit the sick and pray for them. We will visit them in, pres, in prison. You call this act of giving a fragrant and acceptable sacrifice. You said you will meet all our needs according to the riches of your glory in Christ Jesus. We believe this. We know this, that out of our giving, you will supply our needs. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you, Pastor Sandra, checking out. And just to remind you, children of God, even this, what you're going to do is giving. You're going to pass this word to your friends, to your family, so that they can hear the word, the living word of God. Because the Bible says faith comes through hearing and hearing the word. So as you pass the word, so your, your friends and your family, well wishes can hear the word, they will hear it and it will cause a change. So pass it on, share it now in Jesus' name. God bless you. Pastor Sandra checking out. God bless you.